everybody. Welcome to episode six of Kathy's Wild Heart. Tonight, our episode is called Road Trippin'. Um, tonight, we are with Emily Johnson. Emily is a friend, and she's been interning for this uh, for us this summer at the yoga studio. So we've uh, kind of gotten to know and love her. Um, Emily is a girl after my own heart, really. She's taking... Um, somewhat of an unconventional path and has made her life mobile. Um, currently, um, she's been home for for the spring and summer due to COVID, um, but her life is generally very mobile. She lives out of her van uh, with her dog, Toka, and she lives and works sort of where the wind and her heart take her. Um, and currently, Colorado has her heart. So that's where she's been um, previously. And who knows where she'll go after this. But I just love that sort of gypsy vibe and that thought of being able to just um, travel and and go and do and meet who and, and where you choose to. So this is how she wants to live. Uh, she's free. Um, during the winters, typically, she works at ski resorts. And in the summer, she's there as well, and she helps with zip lining in the summers. And um, she is experiencing life and nature on her own terms. And I think that's pretty damn cool. I think that's pretty awesome. And I think there's so much to be said for taking the unconventional route and sort of, um, you know, saying, I don't have to do what what society expects me to do. I'm going to do what I want to do. And, you know, there's part of me sometimes that wish I had been brave enough in my younger years um, to be that way. But, you know, I'm not done yet. So we'll see where the wind blows here for us in the future. But anyway, Emily, my love, welcome to Kathy's Wild Heart. Thanks for having me. Glad to be here. And you are welcome. All right. So tell us a little bit about how you came to this decision. I know that uh, you went to high school with my baby, my son, and um, you guys were kind of friends during that time. So you are now, how old are you? I am 26. 26. So you graduated high school and what happened from there? Uh, I graduated from Huntsville High in 2012, and then I went to Mississippi State. I graduated uh, in four and a half years, kind of a super senior year. But during my summers there, I spent the summers working out at Red Rocks in Colorado um, and just kind of fell in love with the mountains and the state. Uh, Yeah, so after I graduated, I packed up all my stuff and moved out there for good and had Okay, wait just a second. You worked at Red Rocks. Yeah. All right, let's talk about that a second (laughs) because that, like, excites my soul. That's one of those places that Doug and I are going to go. I mean, it's on the bucket list. You know, I want to see some fabulous concerts, and I want to go there. I want to do that. So who have you seen there? Oh, I've seen a lot, a lot of people. Um, So I would work four to five shows a week and that was for five summers mm-hmm. uh and the season goes from really april through october um i worked hundreds of shows uh, yeah what's your favorite do you remember or okay i know you maybe can't narrow down one but what's one that really sticks out in your memory like in your in your older years are you gonna look back on and go that was killer 
definitely my first show as a patron instead of an employee. So it was Thievery Corporation. Um, and that was the first time that I was at a show listening to the music. And first of all, everyone needs to go to Red Rocks at some point in their life. Mm-hmm. Uh, you just, you can't pass it up. It's the best venue to see a show in. Sure. And that's when I experienced this like very spiritual aspect of Red Rocks. Like when the music is playing, the way that the wind whips through the bowl with the music, it's just very, it's overwhelming and it's really hard to put into words. Well, you know, that I believe that particular part of the country, there's it's sacred ground, you know, it is. It, it's sacred ground. So I think that when you talk about, you know, the wind blowing and you kind of have the elements involved, you know, and, and I think that you probably are feeling energy that's intended for that particular region right absolutely um another one of my favorite shows was john butler trio i will go see him anywhere anytime but before any of his shows he always um has indigenous people come and pray over the venue and the people and just kind of prepare everyone for what's about to happen but also giving thanks and Mm -hmm realizing that you are on sacred ground and it doesn't belong to us right um so kind of just highlighting the fact that you know being grateful for where you are and being compassionate for other people and kind of understanding your role and place in that particular setting Uh, and being grateful extremely grateful yes it's a very it's hard to explain no i get it i mean yeah it is but i think most people that sort of listen to this podcast or that follow kind of get the vibe it's it's there's this um thing about being in nature and communing in nature and then when you bring the arts into nature which is what happens at red rocks right you're bringing the the element of sound and vibration and and community and you know all this cool stuff together there's got to be a magical element that happens when you're there and among great talent and like-minded people it's got to be this um, vibration that can't help but elevate you to a higher level without getting high yes okay absolutely yeah um yeah i i honestly can't describe it for anyone it's more of a feeling that I can't put into words but that's why I encourage everyone to go there yeah at some point in their life whatever that concert is for you because well, I'll think of you when we go there yes hit me up I'll join a show <laughs> I'll think of you and um, I'll definitely be on a higher vibration when I'm there <laughs> so it'll be pretty cool I'm excited all right so that was how you got started or hooked sort of on Colorado and and sort of that lifestyle, right? Yeah, absolutely. I'd work at Colorado or at Red Rocks three to five days a week. And then on my off days, I I really didn't know a whole lot of people there. Uh, like I, I was hanging out with my sister, but she's not a huge camper. So on all of my off days, I was camping, hiking, exploring on my own, um, really getting comfortable with being in the wilderness like the true wilderness you know it's it's 
a little different than going camping up on Montesano uh, because you are in wilderness areas. Like you have to check out these maps, know exactly where you're going. You're not going to have service. Let someone know where you are. When Did you, you do this on back. your own? Yeah. Yeah. That's so, brave. So the first couple of years was all on my own. There were a couple random trips that I went, you know, with a handful of friends and it was always a blast, but there's something special about doing it on your own. Yeah. Well, there's a discovery that happens when you do stuff on your own. Um, you know, I have, I, in one, my life, I, I'll be 50 in um, 29 days. Mm-hmm. Da, da, da. But um, one trip, only one trip in my life have I done on my own. And it was, it was at a very difficult time in my life. Um, but it was a road trip. There was no true wilderness involved, but, but it was, it was completely alone. You know, so I literally did a coast to coast by myself, you know, for, I guess I was, it was from North Carolina to California, turned around and came back. Um, but I learned more about me. Absolutely. <laughs> me, and, and I think I took 10 days to make the trek, and, and, and there was a lot of adventure in between, cars breaking down in the desert, <laughs> um, literally like in the middle of the desert, and great people that assisted me on the way, and people you would have expected to not help you. So I learned a lot about humanity, um, learned about my own skill set, my own mind, things like that. But being in the wilderness is something on my own isn't that something i've never done um you know I, I i have a huge desire to get familiar with the wilderness and go and and experience it i have a uh, desire to live among it um to some degree but i'm not sure i would want to go out and trek unknown territory <laughs> completely on my own so that's uh, um i, I would pro- i would do it with doug um, as a companion, you know, to fight the bear if it came along or whatever. Absolutely. But <laughs> I, would, I would put him out there in front. <laughs> but, um, you know, I mean, that's brave. And you were pretty much out of high school to do that. So how did your mom, as a mom and you being the age of my son, how did she, <laughs> how did she deal with it? Um, you know, my parents are extremely understanding uh now it took a while to get there uh because you know my mom is protective mama bear you got Uh, a great mom she loves fiercely yeah she's amazing uh but there were a couple of trips where i didn't know i was gonna have service and a couple days later i came back into service to lots of panicked messages and voicemails But ever since then, I was really careful to tell her where I was going. You know, I always have a hatchet with me. Uh, I haven't carried a gun around with me for protection, but that's something I've definitely considered within the last couple of years. It's Um, probably something you should consider. Just being a female alone out there, if you ran across someone that could hurt you or threaten you. yeah. And that's not to say that everyone has to do this alone. Um, I just happen to be single and doing things on but my I own. But I admire the bravery behind doing that. It's not for everyone. I don't encourage everyone that you have to go out and do this on your own, but mm-hmm. it's, it's brave that you did. And, and I'm sure you learned a lot. I did. Uh, you have a lot of conversations with yourself when there's no one else to talk to. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, now I have Toka to talk to and she probably wishes I would shut up sometimes and she's not super responsive. Toka is her dog. But yes, <laughs> she is. Um, but I definitely 
there's a lot of learning and all through college as well. You know, I'd go on weekend trips to go to a concert by myself. I went to music festivals by myself. Um, so I've been very comfortable being on my own for a while. And there's something really comforting about being comfortable by yourself. Um, a lot of, yeah. yeah, a lot of people kind of have that panic about, I like myself. Being, I, 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 I love like myself. Time. I like some time by myself. Yeah. Or, and I like quiet. Um, but I find it interesting, especially with your age, because, you know, I know your your age group well. I raised my children. They're the same age. Mm-hmm. And you guys were brought up in the coming of the social media age oh, yeah. and and the constant having that at your fingertips. You don't you don't know different. Doug and I know different. We know what it's like to go out and and go out in the woods and play, or go out in the street and play, and mm-hmm. and do all that. So for for your age, there's got to be something you know foreign about that because for the majority of of people your age and younger, because you're not you're not taught to commune with nature. You're not taught. Maybe some are to some degree, but just in general. It could be real disorienting for um, people being brought up today to have to go into a world that they're not familiar with, and yet that world is the natural world, right? Oh, yeah. I I definitely agree with that. You know, I think um, people my age, we were kind of, I don't want to say the last, but close to the last you were kind of backside of the generation where, you know, I did grow up playing. My parents were like, come home when the streetlights come on, that right. type of thing. I was a pool rat. I'd hang out all day. But, you know, cell phones came out. and About your sixth grade year. That's exactly it. So yeah. my sister and I, we actually shared a cell phone for several years, and it lived in our laundry room. Uh, yeah, we... <laughs> Uh, and my space, my space started when you guys were in uh, middle school. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I actually, <laughs> now it's coming back to me. I do remember MySpace. I had a MySpace. You know, I have a Facebook. I have an Instagram. But I, I've i never really had my phone glued to my hand, which I'm super thankful for. Yeah. Um, I grew up doing sports, playing outside, uh Meg and I kind of also had an interesting childhood different from most people because we grew up rebuilding houses in Perlington, Mississippi after Hurricane Katrina hit, which was probably one of those experiences that really shifted my mindset when I was younger um, and really kind of made me appreciate having less or not necessarily needing to have everything all the time you know you're going to help these people who have lost completely everything and they're giving you everything of the little bit that they have um that kind of puts it into perspective of the things that really matter when it boils down to it i just don't you know i'm guilty of scrolling instagram and facebook for a little bit at a time but my life does not revolve around that and i'm really 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 grateful for that you know I don't have to have my phone chained to me all the time um realistically I do have it on me for GPS and weather because weather is really unpredictable in Colorado and you know planning trips and things like that but I don't 
Yeah, I don't. It's not a priority. For I could you. I could go without social media and be just fine. I think most of us could, to be honest with you. Yeah, I, and I think I think as as time goes on, a lot of us are getting more disenchanted with that whole world. Mm-hmm. Um, but so tell us about how you got started with it's sort of the minimalist thing and living out of your mode of transportation. So how did you start that? Um, so I would not say. I'm a minimalist, but my sister kind of coined this term. Well, maybe she didn't coin it, but ever since she said it, it's kind of stuck with me. But I like to think more along the lines of being an essentialist. Um, okay, I like that. A little bit. I like, might borrow that one. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, but a couple of summers ago, I took the back seats out of my Prius V. I built a frame out of plywood and cedar two by eights and built a frame for a bed and this was when I was working at a VA, the zipline gig in Colorado for the summers and just decided, you know what, I spend my summers camping most of the time anyway, this is just gonna be a step up. Like this is gonna be pretty much clamping. Um, And it was, I had a roof rack, I had a cargo box up there, I had storage underneath. It It was really cool. It was really nice to, well, A, not have to pay rent, you know, bills, bills suck. Not all adulting is fun. Um, But honestly, that was the first time that I lived in Colorado where I didn't have a commute to get to work. Um, So this 30, 45 hour once or twice a day could be spent kind of growing relationships with people that I was working with and random people I was meeting or hiking or going on a fun zipline trip or going rafting or whatever I wanted to do. And so once I kind of got a taste of that, I was in the Prius for about eight months. And once I got a taste of that, I was really just curious about, can I do this full time? Like, could this be my lifestyle from here on out? Um, Yeah. And so after that, I actually did move back into a house because winter in Colorado is really cold and the Prius isn't exactly the ideal. Not real insulated. Well. Yeah. <laughs> Lots yeah. of windows, not a whole lot of insulation. Uh, zero degree sleeping bag only goes so far. Right. All the time. Uh, right. So I was in a house for a little while and this last December, I'd actually been looking at vans for a couple of months and towards the end of December, I found a van on Craigslist and I was like, oh man, this looks moving ready. This is within my budget. This looks sick. Like this guy lived in it in Durango. Uh, I'm going to buy it. It was actually, it was actually kind of a on the whim decision. Um, and I bought it and then realized it was not moving ready. <laughs> <laughs> Craigslist, Fupa, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, I had to do a lot of work on the van to get it to where it is now. But so starting in like January, I did work on it and then kind of spent several days a week in it. Just uh, I was working up the mountain, so I would stay i was working at loveland ski area so i'd come down like 10 15 miles down the road and stay in georgetown or go to the dog parks um 
really I got the van because I was like I could suffer in the Prius but then I got Toka and she needs space okay tell us about Toka for a second because I love Toka so describe (sighs) Toka and how you found her because we need to know about Toka so Toka is kind of my savior that I didn't really know I need needed Um, I found an ad for her on Facebook and she was actually advertised as a boy and she was in a kill shelter in New Mexico and she and a couple of other dogs had about four days until they were going to get put down unless they found fosters and I was like shoot I can foster you know like I was looking for a dog anyway but I didn't really want to take the full dive into adopting yet and I was like okay if I foster we can kind of test this out um and then when I met her I realized that they were going to put her down because she wouldn't let anyone near her. So she was very anxious, terrified of people, had been abused. I I think she was an abused puppy mill dog. She'd had a couple litters. She'd had like five or six broken ribs that were healing when I got her. Um, So yeah, it took about 10 minutes after I met her where I was like, okay I'm not subjecting you to meet all these different families like you're my dog now it took me about an hour and a half to get her in the car to take her home and in that second after I got her in the car and rolled down the window and she stuck her head out the window I was like yeah we're we're gonna do some cool things together so Toka's not a little dog we need to explain that because Toka's a substantial dog she is very large um she's only like 75 pounds but it's very deceiving yeah she looks like a a giant dog yeah she might be like a husky pyrenees maybe some shepherd i just say she's 100 percent good girl um, she kind of looks like a white wolf, but she's beautiful. Yeah. She is. She's a good girl. She goes up to about my hip pretty mm-hmm. easily, standing up next to me. So there was no way that she and I were going to suffer in a Prius together. So <laughs> it just, wouldn't work. <laughs> no, it would not. Uh, so yeah, I decided to get something a little bit bigger. Um, yeah. So it's a girl and her dog out conquering the world, right? Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's the plan. That's a pretty beautiful story. It, All right, um, so we've got the we've got the van, we've got the dog. Um, we're we're fixing the van up, and you get a chance to kind of spend some time in it together, right? Yeah. Okay, and then COVID kind of throws a wrench in the plan. And then COVID hit. Yeah, I'd actually, I'd planned about a two-month road trip for us um, in between ski and zip lining season. We were going to go through like Northern California, all this, hit up all the state parks, go check out the Redwoods, Oregon Coast, Washington, come back down through Idaho and Montana. Um, and that didn't happen. But it will happen. <laughs> it will. It's tabled it will. for now. We're planning on doing it next summer, hopefully. Um, but yeah, I ended up packing Toka up and my parents were gracious enough. They were like, you know what? Come hang out for a little bit until you figure out your next step. Because uh, at this point, I wasn't sure if I was going to have my job ziplining. I didn't know what the tourist industry was going to look like, the outdoor industry. Right. I mean, we had no idea what was going to happen. So it was actually kind of perfect timing, too, because I had told my landlord, oddly enough, perfect timing. I told my landlord, I was like, yeah, March is my last month for sure. Um, And at this point, I was spending about four days in the van, three at my house. Um, 
So fortunately, my rent was up, but unfortunately, all the rec centers closed, all the public lands closed. So we packed up, headed home to here, Huntsville, Alabama, hung out for a little bit. Um, and then I met you guys. And oh, lucky for us, right? Yeah, lucky for us too. Um, but yeah, kind of went on a separate journey, getting my yoga training and just kind of figuring things out the last couple of months, setting up a plan to go back to the van and really do van life. And, you know, there's no game. It took me a while to realize that you don't have to have a plan all you the don't. time. You don't. You can live on a wing in a prayer and see what happens sometimes. And sometimes the excitement of not knowing is is kind of cool. I mean, <laughs> we watched this funny show not that long ago, and they, and they somebody asked him if he had a plan. He goes, no, nah, man, that's part of the excitement is not having a plan. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, that's probably not the best statement to make, but I kind of get it. But so so you plan on hitting the road again probably in a few months. Is that the plan? Yeah. So I like to have somewhat of a plan. I like to kind of yeah, consider like I'm on the two-year game plan. But if it changes, you know, just go with the flow. Um, so I'm planning on heading back to Colorado mid-November for snowboarding season. Um and honestly, I don't know what after that. Uh, I'd like to do that road trip and check out, you know, the Pacific Northwest and see what's up there. And who knows? Maybe I'll maybe I'll find a city or a place that's just calling to me. Maybe I'll come back to Colorado. Uh, the only thing I really know for certain is that I want to be in the mountains somewhere. Yeah, I get that. I totally get that. Some people are beach people, some some are both, but I think there's one that gives you a a clear pull one direction or the other. I do love the beach. You know, we grew up going to the beach. My mom is a total beach person, but there's something about the mountains that just there's pulls something at my soul. Yeah, I, I agree. Me too. I love the beach. I could I yeah, I'd never turn down a beach trip, but there's something about the mountains that's that's just pure and um elemental you know it's yeah i mean nothing really makes you realize like how small you are until you're standing on top of a fourteen thousand foot mountain Mm -hmm. or you know just camping in the wilderness or the clean air and yeah the pristineness of the snow getting away from all the people and the social media and the societal expectations and just hanging out sitting around a campfire maybe sharing a drink with your friends just don't you think too though that it's it's improved you as a person and your people skills putting yourself out there amongst people you don't know and in a, in a place that you're not familiar with and and because i think that's something that's missing in society today because a lot of us stay put we don't we don't go out and experience the world or our country even and we don't expand our horizons mm-hmm. and we don't meet any new people we don't mm-hmm. experience new philosophies mm-hmm. so when we when we put ourselves in these tiny little pigeonholes and and in these small spaces we stunt our growth as as far as spiritually and and mentally and intellect we don't you know there's i will never regret my early adulthood and and having the ability to be to travel the country 
even though not the way I might have liked to, but I got to live in different places and it shaped me to be an open-minded person. Mm -hmm. And I just, I encourage people, you know, the whole premise of this podcast is to get out in nature and get out of your, your box and reconnect to the elements and, and to have some compassion for other people. So I'm sure you've met numerous people from all over the place. I have. I've met some pretty incredible humans uh, throughout But see, that's what you'll take years. with you. Yeah, and you know, I'm grateful that I have friends all over the country, all over the world even, that I've met um, in travels, on trips, uh, at concerts, random places like that. But that was honestly kind of my goal really trying to do the van life thing um, was to A, have my freedom from, you know, you have other expenses and things like that, but I was tired of paying rent at a house that I never stayed at. Uh, So having the freedom to be mobile and then be kind of getting out of my comfort zone a little bit, like that's one of my favorite things about going places on my own, whether it be even just to the bar to get a beer or out to a show or a music festival or across the country, moving to a different state. You know, I think there's something about when we're in groups, uh, you're less likely to be approached. So there's been plenty of times I'm thinking about a music festival, Boomtown specifically on the Colorado River. Is that at Rancho Del Rio? Um, amazing place if anyone ever has the opportunity to go there but it was this music festival and you know I would show up as soon as the music started and throw out my tapestry throw out my chair just dance around and I can't tell you how many people came up to me because I was by myself Mm -hmm. Um, you know I think when you're by yourself you you're not as intimidating like even with you're just with one other person Sometimes we, you know, sometimes we see someone in a crowd and you're like, oh, I love their shirt or oh, I you're love more their approachable hair. on your own. Yeah. And yeah. you, you know, like if that person is by their self, by themselves, you're that much more likely to go straight up to that person and tell them what you're thinking right. or ask them a question or something like that versus even when you're just with one other person or a group of people that can be really intimidating for a stranger to come up and start a conversation with you you know and I think that the more people we meet the more connections we can make the more rich yeah we're gonna be for that you know a lot of people think being rich is having financial security or a certain house or xyz whatever it is but I think I think our memories and the people we meet are going to be the things that stand out the most. Oh, sure. And, and, you know, what we spend our time doing, not necessarily, you know, like there's that saying you were put on the earth to do more than pay bills and die, you know? It's like, it's so true. (laughs) It's so true. It's so true. Like there's so much more to do than 
being unhappy at your desk job or not going on that trip or not even going out for the afternoon for a walk when it's a beautiful yeah, day you or know? just trying to have certain status you know yeah. i need this i need that which is yeah. such bullshit because you really don't need a whole lot you, you need you need right. to breathe fresh air you need to laugh you know you need to experience fun things in life absolutely yeah and i think that social media does play a huge role in you know almost like imposter syndrome seriously because so many people are posting so many different things you know what i find sad about that though is here we have this great form where we could really use it for the benefit of good you know we could really put things out there that help people we could encourage each other we could mm-hmm. be positive we could share experiences like we're doing right now mm-hmm. and encourage people that it's not all about the money it's not all about the status it's not doesn't matter what political party or agenda you have let's let's go out and live life let's save our earth let's let's be good people we have this forum now where the world is this tiny little place but we're, but but we're allowing ourselves to be puppets, mm-hmm. you know, for for something much bigger than we realize. Whereas we have the ability now with modern technology to go anywhere in this world we want to go and experience so many different people and cultures and philosophies and to see, hey, you may not be right. Oh yeah, <laughs> you may not know what the hell you're talking about. Oh yeah, and and it really does depend on where you sit in the earth, on the earth, and what you've been taught and what you've been told. So, you know, you're right. Maybe someone else is completely wrong. For sure, for so sure. You've got to like go out and talk to people. You know, I mean, absolutely. Get and, to know it. And you know, I think uh, there are definitely plenty of people that are using the social media platform for good and for those reasons. But I, th- unfortunately, I think that they're overshadowed by, yeah. you know, the materialistic ones. Um, and not even just material, but people who have such status and wealth. And it's like, okay, that's cool and all. But exactly like you said, like that is not the right thing for other people. So it's up to me as a person to determine what you know ticks my boxes or not even my boxes like sets my soul on fire like yeah, what excites yeah. what turns me you on? what excites me what do i want to spend my time doing um and you know i i went to college i got a degree i looked for a job for a little while but i'm really happy on the path that i chose instead because you know i don't make a ton of money a year but i'm comfortable um and the people that I've met, the relationships that I've made, the connections that I've built are much more valuable to me than financial security or insurance or whatever, whatever. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm really grateful for the route that I chose because of where it put me today, you know? I mean... I've had a lot of lessons. I've learned a lot of things. I've done some pretty cool things. I've met some incredible people. And it really has changed me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm just really grateful. Yeah. Well, you're, you're an outstanding young woman. We, we, <laughs> we think a lot of you. And, and we're certainly very thankful that you we had the chance to spend time with you this summer spring and summer 
but I look forward to seeing where the road takes you. Um, and maybe we'll catch up with you somewhere along the way, you know, and, and hang out somewhere and go to a concert or something together. But I really encourage people that, you know, if, if you're sitting in your life and you, you feel stuck and you feel depressed and you feel tired, you know, just tired of the everyday humdrum just in the machine, you know, to uh, uh, start small. I mean, you don't have to go buy the van and quit your job and, no. and take off, but you can start spending, like, I'm going to go hit the trails today. I'm going to get out. I'm going to breathe fresh air. I'm going to turn my, I'm going to leave my phone at home. Leave your phone leave at, home. at home. Leave it at home. And, and hit a trail and listen to the birds and look up at the sky and touch a tree and maybe put your hands in the dirt or in a stream and just connect to the elements that are out there because I do believe, and I say this all the time, this is what we're missing in society today mm-hmm. is is getting out in our earth, on our earth. You know, we're, we're so busy getting by, we're destroying it. And if we're not real careful, we're not going to have those assets anymore they're we, we are we're slowly taking them away and that's obvious in my opinion it, if you if you can't see it you know i can't even watch the news anymore it, it, it literally saddens my soul to see it to see our earth on fire or to hear the bickering that we do amongst each other that is just so petty and sad and, um, you know, if I could have my way at this point in my life, uh, I would retreat. I would literally disappear probably out somewhere and um, disconnect for a little while. I just, I just believe we need as a society to reconnect to nature. And I think if we could do that, we would solve a lot of our problems without even trying I I agree with that. Doing that and also also just getting out of your comfort zone of only thinking about yourself. Like being conscious about what you're consuming, um what you're spending your time and your money on, like yeah, be a responsible spender. Yeah, just be a, be a responsible human. Yeah. You know, like I <laughs> it makes me think about people Yes, go out and hike, but also clean your shit up when you leave. Like, yeah. if you go camping, pack it in, pack it out, stuff like that. You know, yeah. it's like the little leave it changes. better than you found it. Yes, but yeah. that and anything else, it's like the world is so much bigger than us. Like, we are not it what can do the without world us. revolves around. Yeah, yeah that, exactly. We, we're expendable as humans. The world will go on with or without us. And I think as long as we're here, our purpose really is to love each other and do right by other people and mother nature and just just be a decent human you yeah. know like there's so much hate and s- people are so selfish and i'm you know i'm guilty of it too i'm guilty of being selfish and you know i do things without thinking sometimes but I think that's another aspect of this is like really trying to be intentional about what I'm doing with my life. Um, what impact are you having? Yeah. And yeah. what and what impact do I want to have? Right. Too, you know, like I 
there's more to life than paying bills and dying. Like, I, I want to meet people. I want to go experience things. Um, I want to make connections. I want to show Toka the world. I want to go see the world. You know, there's there's just so much more to life than sitting, being comfortable, staring at your phone. Like, people are so content and with being complacent. And collecting things. And collecting yeah. things. Yeah. yeah it's, there's so much more. Yeah. There's so much more. There is. I agree. So, uh, okay, you've given us your advice. I always ask at the end of every podcast, and it's on the spot, but what's a funny story that you have of being on the road? Oh. (laughs) Okay, so you mentioned breaking down in the middle of the desert. I have also been there as well. Um, So I went on a road trip. It's also a little bit traumatizing too, but funny too. looking back on it. Funny <laughs> yeah. looking back on it. So I went through a road or to a road trip. You know, I went to Moab. I went to Arches. I went through Vegas. Hung out in California, and I was coming back, and I was in the middle of BFN nowhere, Utah. It's bum fuck nowhere, and my a piston rod breaks off in my Prius uh, because something about like the T-ring or the O-ring and the oil pan. So I'm pretty good about checking everything before I go on a road trip, but I, I literally broke down. This is the last town for over 100 miles and it's two o'clock in the morning. I'm like, what the hell? And so my car breaks down. I call a tow truck to get me to take like take me to a gas station to put more oil in it my phone is almost dead my external batteries are almost dead like i everything is dead everything is dead i'm in the middle of nowhere it's 3 30 in the morning in utah and a piston rod is broken off my engine i have like 10 hours until i'm back home and i had nothing to do like I somehow found a U-Haul place and ended up renting a 20-foot box truck <laughs> with nothing in the back and a tow dolly, uh, like a car tow dolly thing that you put on the back of the U-Haul to carry your vehicle. And I had to drive this thing back to Boulder. So looking back, that's probably the funniest thing that's happened to me, but also a little bit traumatic. You know, I've been pretty fortunate. I haven't had... And my breakdown stories got to be so I I was on I was going through Texas mm. and I was about I don't know maybe a good sixty miles before you get into El Paso so we're talking about desert I mean just like hot hot desert and I had a Honda. It wasn't an Accord, but it was the smaller version Civic. of the Honda. Honda Civic, I guess. But this was well before cell phones. You weren't born then. This was um, early 90s, I guess. Um, no cell phones were even thought about then. And this was on my trip by myself, and I broke down. And I just pulled over. I mean, I was at a place in my life to where I really wasn't concerned about whether I was safe or not you know it was sort of a one of those things and Mm -hmm. uh three amigos pulled up (laughs) beside me and uh a truck and they're like hey baby you know they but you know they ended up being angels you know they're like "We'll, we'll help you um they called a tow truck they they put me in their truck they took me and bought me lunch and 
and they ended up getting my car fixed and they took me back to my car. But, you know, I think about it at that time and I could have, I just, I, I, I allowed them to help me, but I could have been, <laughs> I could have, you know, I got in the truck with three strange Mexicans at the time, but let me tell you, they were, they were awesome and they were wonderful and I'll never forget their kindness. Um, they bought me lunch. They took me to this place and bought me lunch and they were nothing but gentlemen. They, they offered me a joint when I was done. I said, <laughs> oh, thank you. Um, but they were wonderful guys. You know, they were great guys, but I, I do believe they were put there on that path to help me. They could have been anyone who could, I, I mean, I never could have been seen again because I remember that, that particular when I broke down and I was there for several hours, there was not another car that even went by Right for a long time. I mean, that part of Texas is pretty desolate, especially, I don't know if it's changed, but you know, back then, but um, it was an adventure. There's something about being vulnerable too. And then I, I actually recently discovered Brene Brown and have been learning Uh, a lot from her about vulnerability and things like that. Um, you need to read Women Who Run With Wolves. I love that book. That's I love book that book. That That's my life-changing woman book, for sure. Uh, I agree. I think every female needs to read that book. Yeah, it brings out something in you that, that you may have um, forgotten about or that hasn't been unearthed yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Well, thank you thank for coming you. and spending some time with us today. Guys, I guess our point with this is don't be afraid to get out of your box and maybe do something a little unconventional. And if you feel that, you know, the road is calling or nature is calling, start to explore and see what there is out there for you because we're not just put here to pay bills and die. Hell no. No, hell no. <laughs> So we are out. Thank you guys for a wonderful, uh, you know, just for being there for us. We appreciate it a lot and peace out.